welcome to our monthly bonus show for supporters of There Will Be Dungeons. Thank you all for listening and for supporting the show. We really appreciate it. This is your extra show for the month. Uh, let's dive right in and get right to it. Kristen has a bunch of questions you guys asked during the last 30 days, and we're going to answer them for you. Kristen, take it away. All right. First one, question for Bo in regards to the eye thing in Pentel Vice. Was your intended solution that Hope asked the hand, or did you think that they would figure out the answer on their own? Were there any clues? Um, <clears throat> my intended solution was the singing. Um, I don't remember the particulars about asking the hand, just that it might have knowledge, I think it was. Like, it, it wasn't used as a resource, potentially. Um, that might have been it. Uh, clues... I don't think so. I think these liches lived a long time and they were very clever and they were very careful not to give any clues. Um, so, so no, this was a non, <laughs> this was a non clue thing. This was a, a full TPK if we didn't get there. And I was actually, I was actually pretty concerned we were heading there, but I, I think at some point I must've dropped something. I don't remember exactly what, how it all transpired and mm-hmm. how you figured it out, but I think, oh, it was the hand that provided you with the information, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I like to drop hints and stuff, but at the same time, I worry when I hit drop uh, that it undermines the agency of the player. So, you know, it's always a balance. It's always a balancing act. You try but to- in the heat of the in the heat of the moment. Sometimes you take pity and you're like, "What if you did this?" You know. And well, speaking of that- hint giving in general, when you give a hint for something, do you do it? Um, like, how subtle do you try to be? Do we even know when you're doing it? Like, if you had to guess if any of us have ever noticed your... I think the way I try to throw people off is, like, I think I pretty obviously gave you a hint today in our session where I said, why don't you tie yourself to the back? Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes the hints I give are not helpful. <laughs> They're more for entertainment purposes. And so I think if you're weighing a probability, if I just make a suggestion that sometimes it's it turns out to be a bad idea... Then, then at the very least, I can say things without it seeming like I'm giving hints away. But if there was a trend of like, why don't you do this? And then it always solved the problem for you. Then you know. Okay. Like um, there was one time in Caravalon where I was like, why don't you transform into a T-Rex, then teleport inside and go crazy? And you guys thought about it for a while, and I wasn't sure if that was a good idea or not. But I remember suggesting it because I just thought it sounded cool, <laughs> and we'd see what happened. <laughs> so I think if the and you were. Maybe rightly, that's your up to you guys to decide. You decided not to do that because that didn't feel like a good idea. Because um, I think you're worried about. I think you're aware that I will do things that are not necessarily in your best interest sometimes. So. Sometimes, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. but um, I, I of course try to be as subtle as possible. I think if you just outright play the game for the players as a DM, um, you know that's not fun. You, you know, one likes a video game where it just feels like you're walking through a movie. And I think the same is true of D and D. If it's you're just like walking through the DM's ideas, that's not fun either. Like yeah. you guys have to have the agency for yourselves. Makes sense. Cool. Next question: Will Nash become the group's crash test dummy now that he's effectively immortal? I totally see Stanley getting Nash to run into the solar mines from different attack points just to see what works and what doesn't, while everyone else waits outside. I hadn't really I mean, thought about it's that. It's definitely a temptation, right? But yeah. I think I, I think in general, uh, if I was to give Stanley's view of it, is that he probably goes, oh, well, Nash seems to survive everything. 
but I bet there's still probably a way to kill him and it probably still doesn't feel good to die. <laughs> so I think there's still like a level of respect. Like, I don't think he becomes like, ah, well now I can just kill Nash for fun. If he bugs me, you know, like I don't, I don't think it becomes comical yet, but yeah. you know, I, I think at the same time, Stanley is like, well, what, you know, what are the limitations of that heart? That seems to regenerate him. Yeah, and, and I, I think that, com- that's in the back of his mind. Coming from the perspective of of Nash having survived this much, even he saw things like today's chaining to the car. Normally, that's the sort of thing that would freak him out and make him question, like, "Wait a minute, that's just going to get me killed." But I do think there is a tendency now to go, eh, "I've had worse than this. Let's give this a shot and see if we can do something cool with it." And I don't know. There's, it's not a willingness to make me a crash test dummy as much as it is just acknowledging there's some durability there that you can capitalize on and make it part of the game. So I, I like it. I like how resilient I am right now. I don't like the regrowth process. It freaking sucks. I feel like an idiot. I look weird. I don't, you know, floating around with different body parts aren't finished and stuff. Freaking hate that. It's painful, all of that. But you know, if I can, if I can take some lumps that aren't going to, doesn't mean his ultimate demise, then, you know, why not use them? Well, and I would say that that's the genius of the DMing's part. If I may flatter Bo, the DM, the because Bo. you, you as a player would see Nash's death as maybe something that is accidental or cheap in some situation. Like, Oh, what? I, I just, I just died. What the heck is that? Scott, the player, seems like he would have a much higher emotional reaction to having to be a horrible heart with a finger sticking out of it. <laughs> so, in fact, that's a greater punishment than death to Nash and gives you more emotional involvement in the game. I'm, de- I'm defacing your character. I'm always thinking, how do I deface this character further? Yeah, <laughs> which is totally fine. You're I've, a willing supplicant in many cases. Yeah, um, usually I am because I think that's his thing. He's 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 broken from the get go. He's already a mess, and uh, you know, t- testing the limits of how mess how messed up it can be is part of Nash. It's just part of the Nash arc. So I have no problem with it. It's fun. Next question: If Nash's heart was left alone in his rotting body, wouldn't that have been enough to help his dragon heart regrow? It was said that the heart could regrow if given something biological to feed off of. Nash's heart left alone in his rotting body. I don't know, Bo. Would it have been enough? Yeah, I mean, you were reduced to nothing but a heart in um, in sigil or sigil. Yeah, and you eventually grew out your body parts. So that's true. Yeah, I thought there was know, something else going on there, though. Right? If you, yeah, I think if you fed off some biological material, it could speed it up somehow. So maybe you could eat your old corpse or something like that. <laughs> That's perfect for him. Eating his own body to make a new one. Perfect. Um, there he is. Oh, sorry. Go for no, it. I was going to say, there's this whole thing. Okay. This goes to the last question as well. But this whole thing with the heart and its ability to regenerate, it's obviously a huge part of what who Nash is and stuff. But all this means to me is that there's some Bo's got some big idea about how this all goes to shit. Like he, I just know it. Like I just know that 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 heart is we're not. Racing to, we're racing to the the epic conclusion of our tale, and you know, yeah, conclusions will be had. I guess I'm just you know, at some point that heart has kryptonite of some kind, and I don't know what it is yet. 
And I'm, I'm I mean, excited. The heart to find is out. made of metal, of magical metal forged from dragon, a dragon's heart, yeah. reforged into a human pacemaker, a human shaped heart. Yeah. And and through the principal's magics, he claims to be your father who donated the seed, <laughs> and and your your body was pressed in a in, in a flesh pit. Yeah, so you didn't. You didn't. You weren't. You weren't made the normal way a human's made, you like were, a big rib. You were, yeah, like basically <laughs> liquid human biology was poured into a mold, yeah. and you came out. Uh, if you believe the tales being told to you, yeah, uh, that's uh, that allegedly is how you were born. Okay, and you also have lineage, or were actual Jesus Chrome, according to the principle. Yeah, um, that you may may have been once in part a man who wanted to die for the sins of peace. Yeah. You realize the desert was rough and brutal and that you preached violence. Yeah. Doused yourself in Chrome and walked the silver road until you perished. Yeah. And then you were reborn by the principal. Yeah. The father of Jesus Chrome. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. At least that's what I've been told. The, the the principle is the ascendant god. Yeah. There's something about it, though. I don't know, whatever. I, I don't want to guess. I just think there's some real, some real horse shit a-brewing <laughs> around <laughs> him and his claims, but we'll see. We All right, see. next one finally is tied to the heart as well. Curious if there's a plan to give a weakness to that Nash ability. With uh, the heart, the regeneration? Yeah, I think. Uh, I think that's there, mean, yeah. So it's a magical item. Magical items can be undone. That's all I'll say. <laughs> all right. Just float that I mean, one out there. Dispel magic is something that exists. You know, I'm not saying that, but magical items can be unmagicified. So he may, you may be able to throw him into a Sarlacc pit a thousand times over for fun. Uh, <coughs> but you, you know, you better watch out if uh, that stops working. You may not be able to regenerate or even live. Ugh. It's your heart. All right. Anyway. Yeah, that's kind of, sorry. I'm sounding all scary and, and dread dreadful now. <laughs> it's like, yes, there there are weaknesses to the Nash ability, uh, Amish Overlord. All right. This is good to know. Oh, yeah, Amish Overlord. Thank you. We should, we should say their names more often. I always forget to mention who they who they are, but that was Amish overlord. And if you're Amish, look out, he's looking at you. He's overlording you. <laughs> uh, next one is from Owen Meany. How fun was it to run a battle against your alter egos? It's probably one of my favorite episodes we've ever had. Yeah, it was really it, fun. It was super fun. There's a part of me that wishes the fight had been a little more fair, but I also think that the fight being very one-sided towards the heroes was even better because it it made it feel like uh, there's this this general feeling like it it ended before we got there. But I was looking at my spells and I was like, Stanley's going to cast disintegrate on Blood Skunk and just <laughs> liquefy him and just put an end to scott's character forever and he's gonna die and then i was like well should i do that that's scott's character that does, and i was like you know what it's his evil character i don't i don't give a shit if it hurts scott's feelings i'm gonna liquefy him and um and i think like that methodology really like the only character i felt any connection to and like maybe we shouldn't kill was squirts and then Kristen killed squirts off herself and i was like well 
I guess that's over. Like no, no holds barred now. So uh, yeah, I thought it was super fun. I thought it was uh, an incredibly fun set. Yeah, I agree. That was super fun. I mean, I was sad to lose Blood Skunk, but like Bo has pointed out a few times, no one's truly ever lost. So you know, they can kill Spider Man, but they'll probably bring him back. I'm not saying it's Blood Skunk because I was Spider Man, but I was rolling those death saves, just sweating the whole time. I love Doctor Spider. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's great. He in, in particular, Doctor Spider is an inspired bit of fiction that I hope lives on in more than just you know occasional appearances. I don't know what that means or how we'll see it, but I really love that character. I love all your characters. They're all pretty great, but there's it may, something. It, was, it made me sad to see you annihilate them. But thankfully, at least on the team evil side, you know, there are the, the, your soul goes places in D and D fictions. It lives on, and, and those and players can travel to those realms. So it's never, you know, these tales don't necessarily end in the way uh, it's it's a fantasy of life. So you know, we don't need to be sad about it. Yeah. Mm. All right, next one is from Rhino, and this is regarding when the principal showed up on Stanley's ship right after getting out of the space storm cloud. Do you guys think Bo has given you a combat you can't win, couldn't win? I guess this is past tense here. Is this a classic Indiana Jones and the Boulder scenario, and Hope has chosen to stand her ground? Uh, um, sorry, you mentioned in reference to which combat? Uh, this is when the principal showed up on Stanley's ship oh, after leaving yeah, Pentel Vice. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh well, I guess it's for the players. It's not for me. So, I mean, ultimately, yeah. there was a hell ship that was chained to Stanley's ship. How was there going to be an escape? Right. And then Hope was just she's done running. She's ready to just stand it. And if it's the end, it's the end. I don't think Bo is afraid to put us in a scenario that we can't win. I mean, he already just said in this very episode, he's like. Yeah, you got to sing to get out of this. That was the way to get out of it. And we have not sung at a single enemy in the history of this game. It has never been the solution to anything that we've <laughs> ever done. There is no indicator that we would ever in a million years think of this. Yeah. So, yeah, that's I don't how, think that's I don't think but I don't think Bo's afraid to put us in a scenario where he's like, eh, he'll probably die. Whatever. That's how it would go. If you, if you <laughs> ran into like, some monster you've never seen before and it took some weird thing to undo it. How would you know? You know? Yeah. yeah. I can't the, I can't think of one. Um, Dolopopia was nuts. I remember that we were all like yeah. barely alive at the end of all those worms crawling through our flesh and stuff. I mean, I don't think we were meant to kill the principal. I would be very curious to see what Bo's reaction would be if we had done enough damage to do so. Mm. Mm. Like, you know, I don't think we got there. I think Bo's savvy enough to go, all right, well, he's going to teleport away. He's, you know, probably not at death's door, but he's probably, you know, taking more damage than I was hoping he would take. You know, let's That's get true. him out of here. Um so I think he's smart enough to end those combats early, but I don't think he, you know, I don't think Bo would go, oh, I don't want him to die. He's got, points. you know, like, I just think that he would be like, well, shit, what am I going to do now? Uh, you did get him down farther than I had thought you would. Um, but it's very, it, when you're trying to have a combat play out a dramatic scenario, it's, and you want it to go a certain way, it's very hard to make it go a certain way. 
unless you start pulling BS, that's quite obvious. So I don't like doing that. But then you get into these improvisational quandaries where you're like, ah, shit, I forgot about Dragon Nash. <laughs> you know, like, ah. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer I, 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 grabbing a cannon. Yeah. So so the key thing there for the dramatic story is I, he wants the hand. He The principal was the original contractor when you happened upon Tobacco, who hired Tobacco to get the hand for him. So you guys were inadvertently working for the principal when you did that task. Um. Then hope when you met up with him and you had the hand, it was a sort of surprising outcome that he would have admired. So he sent, rather than take the hand from you then, he sent you, he's like, maybe you can get the other piece, basically. Gotcha. And then, hmm. and then you did it. Then you failed. And so he made a comment about that. And then he took the, and I wanted, he wants, he's like, fine, I'm just going to take the hand. Like, okay. Uh, but, you know, you're his son's friends. So. His his intent was to get the hand, and then, you know, he's a savior of the world. As stated, he wants to douse the galaxy and all of the prime material in chrome and then assault the heavens and turn them to chrome. And we haven't revealed the full reason, so I'm a little hes- it's tempting to go a little farther, although uh, in my live streams I have talked about it with some viewers, so they are aware a little bit of what you guys might not be. Um, but overall, he has grand designs on all of creation, uh, the grand solution. He's this world's Hitler. And um, anyways, he wanted the hand. So I just, I needed to get the hand and get out and be all cool and dramatic. And then I'm like, shit, you guys are going to kill me. I'm out. (laughs) But the other thing, because he, if you would have defeated him, he is a lich and liches have tricks to, for death. So um, that was less concerning. Beating him was not a big concern. Getting the hand was the important thing. And I think Bo, you know, I'm not afraid to say like, you know, he'll present a weird combat where it's like singing is the answer and who would have thought of that. But I also think to like also give him credit on the other side of that. Um, he's the kind of person where you go with a really creative solution to something and he he is not one to go, oh, I don't like that. We're just not going to do that. Like he'll he'll consider it. And, you know, I know talking to Scott and Kristen and Kyle like we've been talking about fighting the principal in our own little private chat, coming up with ideas, <laughs> what we're going to do. And there've been some wild ideas and stuff of like, would this work? I don't know, maybe. And I think the fun part of that is knowing that Bo is the kind of DM that will entertain these ideas and not just go, nah, I'd just rather not. Oh, there was that horrible blob thing that we fought in the mind flare dungeon. The, the, Oblobles. The obla- oblex. Oh, oh yeah, that thing. Yeah. Ob- yeah. Oblex. Yeah. That thing. That thing was close. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The one thing I will say is I would like to get back in terms of combats. I do like to have interesting creatures and I find we're very much focused on a known series of creatures. So in future campaigns and games, I would just like to get back to more back to basics kind of thing of just like, you know, Various kinds of monsters and monster hunting. Um, that part, I do, but that has nothing to do with the question. But you know, I think of the Oblex, and I'm like, that was a cool encounter. I'm like, you know, you just you you run something, you're like, it'll be fun to see if you die or not. <laughs> like, can you figure it out? Um, so, no, nothing. It, nothing is predetermined, and that's the hard part about prep. I know people have asked me online, like. You didn't let these characters die because you like them and you want to tell a story. This isn't real D and D. You know, every now and then you get someone like that, and it's like, that's true. I like the characters. I don't want them to die, and I won't. But you know, 
Um, I want to throw, I want to present challenges that are fun and engaging. I'm not necessarily in this to, to punish, uh, either. So, uh, nothing is insurmountable. Awesome. So you always That's let a little light for possibility. Thanks. Next question comes from Laundry Scent. Uh, just one more time, can Bo talk about the OPness of clerics? He said it when you all battled your evil selves and just need to hear Scat snicker one more time. Yeah. Well, clerics clerics have big OPness. And <laughs> there you go. They're done. Job done. That's there it. Job go. done. There you go, Laundry Scent. Yeah. Question answered. Thank you. Such a great name. <laughs> Laundry Scent. Love that. Uh, Rhino asks, why has Varel chosen now to sire children? Because he yeah, won't admit Union it. Union wants to know too. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> fair. Yeah, there was there was the challenge with uh, you know Stanley that came up, but that's more of like the B plot of it. It was more with like Charlemagne there. There was kind of a moment of full circle, and we are all going off to likely die. Like this is the final mission. If we, this is the one that's going to save the world, full hog. And throughout Varel's journey, he's continually uh, proposed upon by doting lizard folk, barmaids, what have you. So it was the last thing left unconquered. And Varel took it upon himself to, to live that last bit of life before the final mission. Though he would never admit to his friends that he's scared he's going to die. Oh. <laughs> it makes both sad. That was really sweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, next one is from Dave P. Hi, all. Just a question for Bo and Kyle. As a DM, how much thought do you put into whether an encounter highlights a character's leveling decisions, say a swarm of NPCs for a character with awesome AoEs, versus challenging a character? For example, just picking this at random, removing the ability for a sorcerer to cast spells for an extended time. The players and the DM both form integral parts of the game, and in some ways D&D is a power fantasy. So is it a difficult decision to essentially nerf a character for challenge or plot reasons? I guess it's similar to playing with super min-max players who might continuously skip the cheese complicated encounters that the DM enjoys. Mm, I, I tend not to. Um consider it because it's just what does this world have and what are the beings in it so maybe they have the right solutions for it or maybe they're really out of their depth for in any kind of way the only time i give consideration to what the character's abilities might be in a given encounter is when trying to figure out outs for hard or comp areas where they might have something that they're not thinking of, right? I mean, the, we luckily have a chat room that constantly yells at Nash to turn into a dragon, so I kind of don't need to do that a little bit. <laughs> if dragons warranted, the chat room will vote unanimously. The voices in Nash's head will go, dragon form, dragon form. Yeah, um, yeah. so maybe it's a, a bit of a privilege uh, in that regard that we have a chat room. Um, yeah, Kyle, do you give a lot of thought to their their the, what the character looks like in designing encounters uh, to purposely challenge them? I do. Yeah. Um. Probably the 
the best analogy I can make is a Max Mass Effect cutscene where, for no reason at all, Jack is way more powerful than she is normally. And you're like, why aren't you, why aren't you doing that when you're questing with Shepard? What are you doing, Jack? Get down from there. Uh, but you can, if if it's a player's story you're going through, then you give them that advantage. And I think it sounds like even Bo kind of does this subconsciously. Like, if, if it was a... Varel's story-heavy fight, nothing is fire-resistant because that it's Varel's time to shine. And if you're making, in your instance, you kind of talk about swarm of NPCs, that character with all the AoEs should look really good and have a really high chance of looking good if it's their story's sake. No one wants to be carried through, you know, finding their father that's missing or whatever their side plot may be. Hmm. That makes sense. I wish I did that a little more. I tend to I tend to just go with the logic of the world and whatever tools you have, you have. But like, I have seen no problems, like highlighting, giving someone that that victory. You know, it's part of the way you run the game, right? You're not just there to to make their lives miserable. Um, you know, if someone has uh, ice magic, so you make a dungeon full of ice resistant monsters, you're just being a dick DM, <laughs> basically. You know, like so, like you don't do that, like. Um, but at the same time, you don't want everything to be vulnerable to ice either. So if you have a thought towards it, then yeah, you can do that. I mean, it's just hard with wizards because they have so many yeah. spells. And I, I I don't necessarily keep track of the stuff they may be hoping to have an opportunity to use. Like if you take comprehend languages and never give them an opportunity to translate anything, that's too hard for me anyways. <laughs> so the remember. game design of, of D&D 5th yeah. edition can be so sudden, like, the one that immediately comes to mind for me is the Delvers campaign where John walked up to me and was like, hey, I'm psychic today. I, I Suddenly, I was a rogue ninja sneaking around yesterday, and now I shoot daggers. You know, what yeah. are we going to do? <laughs> How did this yeah. happen? What are we going to do with this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, do, do, do you, would either of you ever consider doing a short series or a one-off about what not to do as a DM? You always hear people with like tips on what to do. But there's got to be like a list of, and we talked about some of them, but some like not common foibles, but just like stuff DMs maybe are tempted to do that you don't want them to do or you shouldn't do. Like, is that a worthy pursuit for either of you or something you'd be interested in doing? There are definitely things you shouldn't do as a DM. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. It's, a lot of them are unsightly. So you yeah. want to kind of keep them, you keep in the positive just for the fun of the conversation. Like for instance, just, losing your cool like that the, the players will min max against you and it can become extremely frustrating and if you let that frustration out it's just awkward like so it's it's an awful mindset to be in and that's the end of the conversation so maybe maybe that's why it's not it's more of a what you should do conversation off and over of what you shouldn't do because it's, it's it goes into yeah but territory and you're like don't do this and then you get the yeah buts right so like yeah but my players are complete you know whatever and it's like you know then you start getting the weeds about personality and and all that i think it's still worth talking about because you have to understand what your goals as a dmr because you have goals that are different than the rest of the players and I just don't think it's a position that works for everybody. Like if you take things personally, like in the way Kyle's describing, you can't really, you probably don't have the temperament to do it. And so you need to make those adjustments or you're not going to have fun and they're not going to have fun unless you're those, that family that likes to argue. Cause those are out there too. Those exist. It's so, yeah. 
so then you get into all these uh, what if scenarios like don't be a dick unless everyone's a dick then have fun in your dick game i don't know why i'm <laughs> saying dick so much but you know it's <laughs> it, it, it's it's yeah the i think there is there's merit and content to it because in a way you can talk endlessly about a lot of these things. And I think that's what Reddit D and D Reddit's all about. <laughs> so D Reddit's are full of posts of like, don't do this at your table. And then angry posts, uh, thousands of them underneath and debating every last little foible of human but interaction. That, that isn't exactly the right. I don't think that's the source of the problem because that's DMS venting. And in a positive way, they're getting it out because they're frustrated. And it's already DMs talking sure. amongst DMs. This is more like the raid needs more tanks. So we're going to talk really positive about tanking all the time and never talk about how it's hard or how it takes all this extra work and you have to go farm gear. We need more DMs in the world. So I think naturally sure. the conversation is always more positive because more people want DMs who are willing to DM. And so no one's ever like, so here's why it secretly sucks. Yeah. Or here's the 10 things you need not to do. Like if you give a, if you say like hockey's fun, but don't do these 10 things, people, you know, you make it sound unfun. You want to, you want to entice people with the, the positives, I guess, if I'm understanding you correct. And sure. I think that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all my experiences have been good. Well, do you think, I, had, I mean, I've, I've talked to, well, my, I'll just say my son, cause I don't know if they listen, but my son is in a group, a DM or a, a D and D group and their DM is, well, in their de- estimation, terrible. They're a terrible DM. Oh, and I've asked them? him before why. It's like, oh, they just, you know, they're, it's as simple as stuff like, oh, you went around the corner and you, what happened? Oh, I did this. Nope, you were killed. Or this thing happened. You know, like they're just kind of forcing more of what the character would do out of the character instead of letting the character do what they're going to do because it matches whatever Find vision they have. DM. Wow. Yeah, maybe a that new DM. That would be infuriating. Yeah, that's, that a, would... that's a player agency thing. So the rules are the prophylactic that protects the players from the DM. Mm. It's basically, it's the DM's world. Right? The DM does everything, but then the rules state the players can do things and the DM has no say on the outcome. It's his, his or her job to describe it in yeah. an entertaining way even. And if they hate what you do, yeah, you have to do what they do. That that's the compact that you make. Like they get their power, they get their decisions, their a- player agency. So, in this scenario, the players need to instead of say you're a terrible DM, to sit down and just talk and be like, play. We need to feel like we have agency in what we do. This is our this is our protection against you. You get to do everything else. If you want everyone to have purple hats and talk out of their butts. That is your world, your rules. Yeah. But when I walk around the corner and want to punch a guy in the face, I'm not going to die. I'm going to make an attack roll and the dice are going to decide and you narrate the outcome with a smile on your face. Or maybe DMing's not for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, don't, yeah, like, like maybe they're missing a group agreed upon table rules or something. Yeah. But it's also remember, interesting that that's the way we react because it's such a personal relationship. DMing is intensely personal. You're letting these people mess around inside your head. And then you're spewing out the results of it. So yeah. like a romantic relationship, our first reaction hearing an awful relationship is get out. Just stop. Like, don't <laughs> do not do it anymore. We don't need to fix this person. You need to leave. Right. Right. I mean, it, it just depends. Like, it, this is where we get into these things. It depends on the relationship. Some are toxic and you have to get out. Some just need the people to start communicating with each other. Sometimes both people are just not in the best place. And, if you know, there's nothing wrong with a counselor. Or going to see therapists or talking to friends and just 
just getting back to being reminded of what the original goals are that you love each other or friends with each other and, and both having to do a little bit of work and compromise and acts of selflessness to get to a place that is good. And so that, that group a circle of people need to stop talking behind the DMS back and sit down and talk together in He's a circle. Suggesting we all need to act like adults here. Yeah. I mean, I hold, 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 hold hands, pass around a joint, put some Bob Marley on yeah. and just chill and, and talk about what you like and don't like and talk about the issues that are bothering you and, and finding solutions. Yeah. yeah. And if you're in a part of the country that doesn't yet have legal marijuana use, uh, you know, maybe an alternative pa- to the joint. Pass around, pass around orange juice then. Yeah. Do a little OJ, Whatever. pass around. Everything will be fine. Um, all right. I think that's about all the time we have this month. Uh, any questions we still have and more that you'll send during the month, we will answer next month on this show. It'll be June by the time we do that. So we hope you're all having a decent pre-summer and uh, getting ready to get all hot and bothered <laughs> for summer. I don't know what that means. I'll keep digging this <laughs> hole, though. Anyway, uh, it's great to uh, do this every month with you guys. I hope everyone at home is enjoying it. Tell your friends so that they, too, could become supporters of the show We'll see you next time.